0: This message tonight, I suppose, for a few moments as we're looking in Psalm 150 is the same way, for the scripture does teach us in Psalm 150 about how to praise the Lord, but it is the fifth of five praise psalms that close out the book of Psalms. Now, the book of Psalms is the hymn book of the Old Testament Hebrew believers, and uh, it is their hymn book, and they sang songs about prayer. They sang songs about consecration. They sang songs about the Word of God. They sang songs about the deliverance of the Lord. They sang songs about the creation of the world. They sang songs about the coming Redeemer. They sang a whole lot of songs that just praised the Lord. And uh, that's the way our songwriting and song singing ought to be as well. We'll sing, ought to sing a little bit about the blood, sing a little bit about the Lamb, sing a little bit about Calvary. Sing a little bit about heaven, sing a little bit about the light of the world, and sing a whole lot about praising the Lord. And that's what we ought to do tonight. If you found your place, and if you are able and willing, if you'll stand with us, we'll read Psalm 150 in your hearing this evening. Psalm 150, the word of the Lord says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Preaching tonight, if God will help us, simply praise ye the Lord. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for standing with us while I read the word of the Lord. Now these last five psalms of the book of Psalms are all songs, uh, songs of praise, psalms of praise. Each one opens and closes with the words, Praise ye the Lord. We are in a time where people are reluctant, it would seem, to praise the Lord. Men are quick to be angry toward God. They are quick to doubt the Lord, to disparage the truth of His Word, to curse His precious name, and to ignore Him altogether. But human beings are reluctant to simply praise the Lord. Even in the church, people have just about quit praising the Lord. That is uh, a sad testimony to where we are. It is a sad testimony to the Laodicean church age that we abide in. But people even in church have just about quit praising the Lord. As a child, I remember seeing God's people worship and rejoice and praise the Lord demonstrably, openly and without shame. Seen some things that you probably wouldn't agree with, some things that you might not would even like, some things that you might not even believe in, but you not believe in red lights, and they still exist. Ain't that right, Brother Bob? I've seen the old timers run, I've heard them shout, I've watched them dance. Some of you might not like that, but I've watched them dance. I've seen them get excited in the Lord and just walk around. I mean, you wonder, what are they walking around for? You might not understand it, but they did. Just walking around. it get hot in there. The Holy Ghost starts stirring. And we had a couple of folks when I was a boy just stand up and start walking around, shaking hands, laughing. You would defaulted to uh, the church service had dismissed. That's just the way they got happy in the Lord. I heard their testimonies, witnessed to their testimonies, tuned into their sermons, and sensed the power of their prayers. I've seen those people who had the least be thankful the most. I've watched feeble hands be strengthened with God's mighty power power when they were used to praise God And I've watched mighty men Be humbled to their knees when they began To worship the Lord I know what the terms mean Monday morning Holy Ghost croup I don't know if you Know what that is but I know what it is And have uh, had it, have experienced It on a host of occasion. I know what the term means to get Happy in the Lord I know what it is To get carried away I know what it is to be floated off I know what it is to be walking In the spirit but most churches today are either lifeless or they are filled with the life of entertainment but we need so desperately to get back to the old time way of praising the Lord oh how my heart yearns for it, how I hunger for it how I desire for it to see God move from breast to breast and the Holy Spirit touch hearts and people begin to simply worship and adore and glorify and praise and lift up And to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. I have had people tell me over the years, seems like you preach on that all the time, of worshiping God and how we ought to lift up the Lord and how we ought to praise God. And you're just trying to pump people up and stir people up. I will plead guilty to some of that. I am trying to stir you up. I am trying to remind you of who He is. That is part of the uh, responsibilities of being a minister. To exhort, that is part of my responsibility. That's a big piece of what we do in preaching is exhort people to stir them up. To remind them of who God is and what He does. And that is one of the things that I spend much of my time doing. But my friend, I don't have to make up things to get you to do that. I don't have to try to come up with an excuse to praise the Lord. There are plenty of reasons. They grow on trees. Sometimes, most literally, grow on trees. I am thankful for the reasons or for the things that I have in my life that cause me to praise the Lord. But I'll tell you what bothers me. I I sit sometimes and wonder why people don't stir themselves. I wonder why they aren't already stirred. Why do I need to stir them up? I mean, why aren't they already stirred? up. If you have the same thing living in you as what I have living in me, then why do I need to stir you up like you would already be stirred up with me? Amen. You'd already be fired up with me. If the same fire is burning in your heart and is burning in my heart, my friend, then I wouldn't need to poke the fire at you. I wouldn't need to fan your flame. You just want to worship the Lord. You just want to serve God. And I thank the Lord for people that want to worship God, that want to praise the Lord. He is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy of our adoration, our worship, our glory. He's worthy of all of it. I mean, friend, we ought to praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You ought to praise the Lord. Amen. I was told early in my ministry, folks would like you better and they would listen to you more and they would appreciate your preaching better if you'd quit saying you all the time and say, you know, some people and some of us and sometimes we and they said, if you'd use terms like that instead of saying you, but you know, Bible preaching is about saying you. You know, Stephen said something like this, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised eyes and heart and ears, as your father, you you do always this as the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do you. I mean that is what the preaching really is. And when we're preaching on praising the Lord, it's the same way. Praise ye the Lord. Somebody ought to praise the Lord. Well I'm somebody and so that means I'll praise Him. And you're somebody and that means you ought to praise Him. And you ought to praise the Lord tonight. And we need to get back to that old time way of praising the Lord. How important it is. How vital it is. I believe one of the biggest reasons why the church has become a cesspool in our day. A church has become a cesspool of sin and backsliding on every side and compromise has filled the pulpits and the pews is because people don't worship the Lord. They don't have the strength to stand against sin because they don't have the joy of the Lord in their heart. They're not worshiping God, therefore they can't serve God. They don't worship Him and they don't love Him and they don't adore Him and they don't recognize how He makes a way whenever we can't see a way. And when we stop seeing that, you'll get some backslid. You're prone to do anything. I'm prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for Thy courts above. I have to be reminded who He is and what He does. I have to be reminded of how great God is. I have to be reminded of His activity in my life I have to be stirred under worshiping him I have to purpose in my heart When I don't feel like praising him That I've made a commitment to praise him Like he said in Psalm 69 I believe it is in verse number 30 Where he said I will praise the name of God With a song And I will magnify him With a voice of thanksgiving This also shall please the Lord Better than a, than a, uh, than a bullock That hath horns and hooves in other words, the Lord's more pleased with our worship and our praise than what He is, our sacrifices. If we'll praise Him, it is as the Hebrew writer called it, the fruit of our lips giving praise unto His name. He receives it as a sweet smell and savor unto His name. Hallelujah. When they had those feasts in the Old Testament, I've been studying a lot of them. I've got to come preach on that Feast of the Tabernacles. I touched a little bit on it this morning. Ain't that a blessing about that? illumination ceremony. I mean praise God, sitting out life through three doors, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, into the Gentile court. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And at those ta- feast of the tabernacles, and the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of the Passover. And we preached on the Feast of Pentecost not long ago, but I got to get to the others at some point or another. But I got to get through with John first. And so I have got to figure out how I'm going to get to all of them. Too much to get to. How about praise the Lord when Whatever they would give that time after that, before they got to the Feast of Pentecost, they would take and give the offering of the first fruits. The offering of the first fruits was such that they would take those loaves that had leaven in the loaves and they would present those loaves unto the Lord. They would give those loaves unto the Lord. And those loaves had leaven in them. That leaven means that they were corrupt. Remember Jesus said, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And so those loaves were corrupt. They could not be used. In the Passover they could not be used. Along with the Lamb that is the bread of life. Like we preached about last week They could not be used during that ceremony Not if they had leaven in them But after the Passover was given After the Lamb's blood was shed After that my friend 40 days later They were approaching the Pentecost That day when the Spirit of God Would fall down from heaven In between my friend The offering of the Passover And the day of Pentecost Was the presentation of the first fruits And they would give those two giants loaves of bread full of my friend of leaven and that they would give them unto the Lord oh, in typology if you understood how dirty that is I mean these loaves uh, leavened up, they were corrupt they were unclean, they were impure they were not uh, fit to be received of the Lord uh, but they gave them unto the Lord hallelujah, and they waved them before the altar of God and all the people rejoiced and shouted and praised God. You say it don't make any sense to me shouting over somebody's bread. Oh you don't understand the loaves at Passover is the Lord Jesus but the loaves at the first fruits are you and me. He is the unleavened bread. That that is perfect. That without flaw. That that pleases God. We are the leavened loaves. That that's filled with imperfection. That that's filled with shortcomings. But praise God for what he did at the Passover my friend and what he does at the altar he'll receive us amen as imperfect as we are as carnal as we are he'll receive us hallelujah I'm received of Christ not because I'm somebody but because the high priest waved me before the altar of God presented me before the altar the same place where the bloodshed of the lamb took place the same place where the bread of life was received praise God he presented me as a first fruit before God and the father accepted me on the merit of the son and I praise him and I honor him that he brought me in and put his arms around me and he saved me by his grace and he receives me into his family Hallelujah. And because that leavened loaf has been received, and then the day of Pentecost comes. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Ghost was sent. And with cloven tongues of fire, it set on all of them the house where they were sitting. And you know what the body it set on? It set on a leavened body. That is, while they were yet in the flesh, while they were yet in the carnal man, the Holy Spirit filled them anyway. What I'm saying to you is not only am I saved, received of the Lord, but sealed with the Holy Spirit. It began with the work of Christ at the cross, but it continues in my life through His Holy Spirit. And it's enough to make me happy in Jesus and to make me want to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. And I realize my praise is imperfect. I realize it's like leavened loaves. I realize that I really can't glorify God the way that I ought to. I'll not always have just the right words. I'll not always sing just the right songs. I'll not always say just the right thing. I'll not always have the perfect motive or the perfect method. But the Lord knows my heart and I am presenting this imperfect loaf before Him at the altar. I'm saying, Lord, here it is as messed up as what it is. It's my best and from the sincere depths of my heart. I'm giving it unto you. And because I've already been through the Passover, He'll receive it. And then He'll put the Holy Ghost on it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Some of these days I've got to get to these other feasts So y'all even know what I'm preaching out about About a third of the time About every message I'm saying something about these feasts And y'all are not following all of them yet with me Oh praise the Lord, praise the Lord We've got to get back to the old time way Of praising the Lord And that this chapter in Psalms 150 Answers how to do that Tells us how to praise the Lord Now there are really four sections of the chapter That I want to deal with tonight And that then we'll be finished in each of these sections Answers a question for us Verse number 1 we find the question Where do we worship the Lord He says praise ye the Lord Praise God in His sanctuary Praise Him In the sanctuary We ought to praise the Lord at the church We ought to praise the Lord in the house of the Lord Brethren we have met to worship And adore the Lord our God We ought to praise Him in the sanctuary If you can't praise Him here you're not likely to praise Him anywhere else. I mean, you might praise Him here and not praise Him anywhere else, but if you can't praise Him here, you're not likely to praise the Lord anywhere else. And we ought to praise Him at the house of the Lord. I mean, if you can't testify here, it's very unlikely that you're going to testify anywhere else. And if you can't raise your hands here, it's very unlikely that you'll ever raise a hand anywhere else. And if you can't get in the tears in your eyes and get in the Holy Ghost here, and thank God for His blessings here. It's it's unlikely you'll do it anywhere else but friend we ought to start off by praising the Lord at the house of the Lord by the way the things that go on right here ought to be the things he likes because this is his house I mean if you come over to the house you say now wait a minute I don't like uh, uh, folks who have cows in their in their yard in the pasture uh, the only answer I got for you is that's my house and if you don't like them cows you can go home How uh, you come over and you say now wait a minute I don't like uh, I don't like of, you know, white walls. i got to have colors on the walls. I'm going to have white or some derivation thereof on the walls in my house. And if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to live in it. It's my house. I mean what goes on in his house, this is the Lord's house. What goes on in his house ought to be the things that he likes and appreciates and participates in. And I'll tell you where he is. He inhabits the praise of his people. He likes it when God's folks get carried away and worship the Lord. And so Folks, and I don't like all that. I don't like all that excitement. I don't like all that getting carried away. I don't like all that hollering and carrying on. Well, it ain't your house. Amen. It's the Lord's house, and that's the business He likes. And around here, we got to do what the Lord likes. Hallelujah hallelujah my my praise him in the sanctuary and then he says when you get done praise him in the sanctuary praise him in the firmament of his power the firmament is that is the air literally or the atmosphere that we live in we ought to praise him in this atmosphere we ought to praise him in the atmosphere of our day and time in a time that is wicked in a day that is ungodly in a time that knows not the Lord we're still to praise the Lord I mean while men are filling the air with curse words. While men are filling the air with dirtiness and filth and vitriol and hatred and while the devil fills the air, my filled with all sorts of false doctrine and wickedness and ungodliness we ought to fill the air with the sound of praise and the sound of worshiping the Lord. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him in the air. That is we ought to praise Him in the sanctuary then praise Him in the firmament. That is you ought to Praise Him indoors, and then praise Him outdoors, amen. I praise Him on the land, praise Him in the air, praise Him in secret, praise Him inside, with the doors closed, and praise Him in public, praise Him outside with the world watching. We ought to praise Him here, and we ought to praise Him when we leave here. We ought to praise Him while we are at church, and we ought to praise Him when we leave the church. Amen. Those are two places you ought to praise the Lord while you're at church and when you're not. Those are the two places that you ought to praise the Lord. And so where ought we to praise Him? And then secondly, verse number two answers the question, why should we praise Him? Why ought we to praise Him? It said praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him for His mighty acts. That is, we ought to praise the Lord for what He does. We ought to praise Him for the miracle of creation. We ought to praise Him for the miracle of inspiration. I'm glad I got a copy of the Word of God. We ought to praise Him for the miracle of incarnation. I'm glad God came to earth, took on the form of human flesh, that came likened to us. Hallelujah. Took our place on the cross. We ought to praise Him for the miracle of redemption. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. I've sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. We ought to praise him for the miracle of salvation. I'm glad he brought me out. I'm hallelujah. He brought me out that he might bring me in. We ought to praise him for the miracle of intervention. I'm glad he's involved in our lives. He steps in. He makes a way when there's not a way. He knows how to part the Red Sea. He knows how to send bread out of heaven. He knows how to send a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. He knows what to do in our lives to meet our needs. He can roll back to Jordan and bring us here to the land He has prepared for us. We ought to praise Him for the miracle of intervention tonight. Yes, we could praise the Lord for what He has done from now on and never finish up. Damn. We can do nothing else but just praise the Lord for His mighty acts and never get done with that. Oh, done. Matter of fact, when we get to heaven, 10 million years from now, we're still going to be praising the Lord for one of His mighty acts. We're going to sing for Thou hast, thou hast redeemed us. Thou art worthy to receive praise and honor and glory and might and majesty and power forever and ever because Thou hast redeemed us out of every nation and kindred and tongue and tribe. The redemption song will be the song of the church, the song of the blood-washed band. That we'll sing for a million years about what he has done for us. And then not only should we praise him, the why is not only for what he's done, but we're to praise him for who he is. He says, praise Him for His mighty acts. And then He says, praise Him according... According... That's a magic word there now. According to His excellent greatness. That is, not only should we praise Him for what... For who He is, but we ought to praise Him in like measure to who He is. A measure that is worthy to who He is. According to His excellent greatness. If He were only this big, then we ought to just praise Him that big. But since He's excellently great, since He's a great, big, wonderful God... Our praise ought to match the God we're yeah. praising. Hallelujah. Are you praising big as what God is? Are you glorifying Him as a great big, big old God or a little bit of Jesus? I mean, we ought to praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Has yeah. somebody said, oh, you just go overboard. If you knew how big God was, you wouldn't think I went overboard. You say you're just too loud. If you knew how big God was, you wouldn't think I was too loud. I mean if you understood his excellent greatness if you knew his perfection if you understood his holiness if you could wrap your mind around his love if you understood his his compassion his his, uh, kindness towards us if you knew his mercy and his grace you'd say you're not praising him enough you're not worshiping him enough you're not glorifying him enough our praise is not equal to how in measure to the greatness of God We don't praise Him enough for who He is Amen, Amen. He is God Above all Lord of Lords King of Kings Almighty is His name Words. Hallelujah Hallelujah yes, sir. Hallelujah Christ. Matter of fact that word Hallelujah every Same every in every language. every language You know what they say in Honduras when they want to say hallelujah they say hallelujah you know what they say in Haiti when they want to say hallelujah they say hallelujah You know what to say in Israel when they want to say "Hallelujah," they say "Hallelujah." You know what to say it in English when they say "Hallelujah," they say "Hallelujah." You know what to say in uh, my friend in Africa when they want to say "Hallelujah," they say "Hallelujah." You know what to say in most of Harrison and Carroll County when they want to say "Hallelujah," they say "Hallelujah." Amen. But it's the same word; we just don't pronounce it quite as well as the rest of the world does. In every language, "Hallelujah" is the same, and "Hallelujah" means. Praise ye the Lord. Every single chapter of these uh, of these songs begin and end with the words "Hallelujah." Uh, that is Yah, and it is a praise ye the Lord. That word Yahweh, the I am, it's right in the middle of it. Jesus, what not been talking about these I am's, it's right smack dab in the middle of that word. Hallelujah, praise ye the Lord. I am the Lord is what that uh, means. Praise ye, I am the Lord. Hallelujah, that's what that word means. Praise ye, I am the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, hallelujah and we cannot praise Him greater than His greatness, we cannot lift Him up higher than what He is we cannot recognize God bigger than what God is God is bigger than our, all of our descriptions of Him, God is bigger than all our explanations of Him God is bigger than all of our doctrines of Him, God is bigger than all of our preaching about Him, all of our singing about Him, and we cannot praise Him in a measure that is truly equal to or according according to his excellent greatness while well, we to praise the lord for what he's done and for who he is we all praise the lord hallelujah has the lord ever been good to you he ain't never been nothing but good hallelujah praise him for what he's done praise him for who he is so where should we praise him? Verse 1 is in sanctuary and then everywhere else. As only two places. Here and there and everywhere. And then why ought we to praise him for his mighty acts, for, who he, for what he's done, and for who he is, his excellent greatness? Then how ought we to praise him? Now, I don't know if the church of Christ wants to listen to this part I'm about to preach on. <laughs> you realize that they don't believe in having instruments in the church and here this chapter is and it's a direct command from the Lord for you to praise Him with the sound of the trumpet and not only the trumpet He says but then praise Him with the psaltery and praise Him with the harp. There's at least three instruments here that He's given to us that He says I want you to use these to praise the Lord and then He says praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Now the Baptist folks ain't going to like this chapter. And praise Him with strings instruments and organs and then praise Him on the loud cymbals. Then praise Him on the high sounding cymbals. Take all of these instruments, the whole orchestra, every piece of it, every instrument, and let's use them all to praise the Lord. And then take the fruit of our lips and give thanks unto His name and use the instrument of your voice. I myself, He said in Psalm 108, I myself will awake early. I will awake psaltery and harp. And I will praise the Lord, oh God. My heart is fixed. That's why he's praising the Lord. We ought to praise God on all of the instruments. Use these things to praise the Lord. Amen. There's a description given in these verses of how we ought to praise the Lord. Now I'm going to slow down just a minute and give you a singing school lesson. Amen. Verse number three tells us that we're to praise Him with musical tunes. It says to praise the Lord with the sound of the trumpet... Praise him with a psaltery and to praise him with a harp. Trumpets, psaltery, and harp are all instruments that can be played to a specific tune. A.J. Showalter's Rudiment of Gospel Music defines tone as the name of a musical sound. Tones are distinguished as being low or high, long or short, loud or soft, clear or somber. Tones are given to four properties pitch, length, power, and quality. Pitch, length, power, and Quality. These leave this leaves us three departments in the rudiments of music: uh, melodics, uh, and that is all the things that pertain to tones, uh, rhythmic, uh, and that is all that would pertains to length, and dynamics, all that, that pertains to the power and quality of tones. Trumpets play with high-pitched, powerful tones. The psaltery is a is like a dulcimer and is played by plucking the strings to produce the melody and pitch that is desired. The harp is an instrument of beauty that has a wide range of high and low tones and can be played with the hands to produce the peaceful sound of quiet and peace. You'll remember when David played the harp. It soothed the soul and the spirit of Saul and caused him to get rid of all of his anger. Using all three of these, the Scripture says, that we are to on the loud and the quiet. On the high and the low, peace on the peaceful and on the powerful instruments, we are to use them to praise the Lord. You can find very little. Very, you'd have to look long and hard to find two instruments as far away in contrast as the trumpet and the harp. I mean, they're way under apart and different. But he said, if you're going to blow that trumpet loud and powerful, blow it to the glory of God. If you're going to, if you're going to gently play that harp. And the melodious tones that comes from it, I'll play it unto the Lord. If you're gonna pick that dulcimer, or them guitar strings, I'll my friend, do it for the honor and for the glory of God. It does not matter any instrument that produces tone, pitch, and quality. How my friend use it for the honor and for the glory of the Lord. Amen. Our songs ought not to sound like they came out the honky tonk. Amen. Right. Our songs ought not to identify with this whole world. We are not the songs of the drunkards. We don't sing the songs of the drunkards. That's not the way it, gospel music ought to sound. We don't have to borrow what the world has. We'll play our instruments unto the Lord. Somebody said, no matter what the song sounds like, long as the words are right. But that's not what the Bible said. He said we ought to praise the Lord. And nobody's even singing yet. Playing that trumpet. Playing the psalter. Playing the harp. We're just playing these instruments and he said there's a way to play them to glorify the Lord. Amen. 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 Our playing of these songs ought to identify when we play it ought to identify with church music. Amen. Amen. Uh Amen. Several years ago, I saw it. It's been several years ago. I say several. I don't remember how many. So y'all just give me some leeway here. Couldn't have been as far back as what some of my several years ago stories are because I saw it online on a computer. So it can't be as far back as what some of them were. But uh, several years ago, I saw someone who shared something on, I think it was on the Facebook, which means it really couldn't have been that many years ago. And, but anyway, I saw somebody sharing something on the, I believe it was on the Facebook and there's supposed to be a worship service. And there's all these people look like, at a discotheque and all of them hanging around out there and the song director, well they called him the worship leader. The song chairman's what he is. He gets up there and he says, everybody get, get your left shoe off for me and take off your left sock and he said, I want you to take your left sock and spin it around in the air and jump up and down on your right foot. Some of y'all can't even do that. Spin your fo- a sock around in the air and jump up and down on your right foot and saying, spin me like, a record, Jesus. Spin me like a record. And they started playing them wild songs, having that wild music and beating the drums, and he's hopping up and down, swallowing the microphone, uh, spinning that sock around, uh, singing, spin me like a record, Jesus. Spin me like a record. And I wanted to. I wanted to spin him so much you'd have needed a record, not a record. You'd have needed a record to dig him out of the hole I was wanting to put him in. Him calling that worship, calling that church. That is not Christian, it is not gospel, that is not church church, and it's not worship. Amen. It's foolishness is what it is. And it borders on sacrilege. It borders on, my friend, blasphemy. have to take something as serious as important, as vital as worshiping the God of heaven, and reducing it to a spinning sock, and screaming spin me like a record. And my friend, that's not the way God's people worship the Lord in song. How we pray and play the instruments, how we sing the songs To worship and honor and glorify the Lord. The tune ought to worship Him. The tune ought to worship Him. I don't want to be a smarty, but I'm trying not to say more than what it should right here. But we don't have to borrow the world's tune to sing our song. We don't have to take the tune to some old drinking song, some old loving and leaving song. We don't have to take the tune to some sort of head-banging garbage of some kind. We don't have to take the tune to some sort of foolishness some pop singer singing while they dance around three-fourths naked and to try to take their tune and put Jesus in the Word somewhere and call it Christian. That's not Christian. We need to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord on the instruments. Praise the Lord on them. You ought not to have to park on when you, and listen, people used to actually do this. Y'all are all, most of the folks in the building tonight, it's as old as what I am, so y'all understand what I'm talking about. These young people don't know what it is to surf through the radio dial and uh, to deal with the fuzz and whatever else and see if you can tune in the station. They don't even know that exists. Amen. They are still on air radio stations in existence in America today. Y'all know that, don't you? And you don't have to worry about, if you're old enough not to do that, you don't have to worry about spinning along and trying to tune in. You ought not to, when you hit on a station, if they've got a song playing, you ought not to have to sit there for more than about three or four seconds to know whether or not it's a gospel song. That's right. That's and if you've got to listen to it for three verses to figure out if it's gospel or not, it's not. Amen. Amen. You had to listen to the end of it to figure out if it was Carrie Underwood or if it was Karen Pack, then it's not gospel. I mean, friend, it might be called gospel, but it's not gospel. Amen. That's exactly right. Jesus, take the wheel. It's not gospel. Go rest high on that mountain. It's not gospel. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. Lord, have mercy on us. I have preached revival in churches where that's the mess they would sing before I'd get up to preach. I have gotten up to preach what I'm preaching tonight. And they sung that junk before I get up to preach And I still preach what I'm preaching tonight I'm telling you that junk is not gospel right. Something somebody wrote while they were drunk about their brother or their sister or somebody else, some sort of experience they had somewhere. Oh, my friend, Lord, send your best angel for my mama. That ain't gospel. It might or might not be heathenism, but it ain't gospel. It's not the Lord's workings. It's not God's the Lord's not pleased with it. It's not doctrinally right, biblically right. My friend has got the wrong spirit on it, Amen. Wrong sound to it. It's exactly right. Musical tunes, musical tones. Then verse number four tells us we ought to praise him with methodical rhythms. Musical tones in verse three, methodical rhythms in verse four. Verse number 4 says praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. The timbrel is a similar type of instrument to a tambourine. A tambourine, it is to keep the rhythm. It is a percussion instrument. It's intended to keep the rhythm of a song. And our rhythm ought not to march always to the world's beat. Our rhythm ought to be different than theirs. If you are... If you are keen into going out on Saturday night and shuffling your feet to the boot scoop boogie, you're going to have a hard time getting in tune with the God of heaven when real gospel music is played in the Lord's worship. I'm not trying to be a smarty. I'm just telling you the truth. We are living in a day where folks think that it is uh, that's the thing to do, that that it doesn't make any difference. But I'm telling you, we can't have the boot scoop boogie and have the Lord at the same time. Amen. Amen and we can't I, I know preachers I know preachers not long ago stood up he took his text and he uh, titled his message and the message title and most of his preaching were the words out of some old lost man's song and I understand the concept of plundering the Egyptians taking something a uh, worldly or something that sinners can understand and then making it relevant to them and preaching to them in illustrations and parables but we can do better than having to take some old Hank Williams song or some other thing of this old world and turn it into something so I should try to preach there's a whole Bible here and when you've worn this thing out then you can come up with something else but until then we ought to find something in this Bible to preach on and tell the word of God to a generation that Amen. needs to hear it Amen. again I'm not trying to be completely critical of creativity but some of what we're doing is just not necessary in the church world Amen. the timbrel is similar to that tambourine it gives you a rhythm the stringed instruments are designed to be played with rhythmic motions Brother Tom sat down over here with that guitar a while ago. He didn't just strum it. Wait two or three seconds, and strum it back again. Wait a minute or two, and strum it back the other direction. The first thing he did was he stretched his arm out and he got his got his hand just right, and then he shook his arm again. I watched him he fiddle with his pick and got his pick just right, and then he sort of I could see him ticking his head just a little bit and with that rhythm. Then every once in a while he was playing it with a downstroke, and then. Stop and kick it twice on that upstroke and then come back again. You know what he's doing? He's keeping that rhythm just right. When he said, praise him with a timbre and the dance, praise him with the stringed instruments. They're intended to be played with rhythmic motions. I've heard guitar teachers tell their students, even if you hit the wrong chord, keep strumming. Keep your rhythm. Is that not right? Your guitar pickers tell me if I'm off bass here. Keep your rhythm. My daddy used to tell me when I started playing that bass guitar, he said, Son, if you miss every note, make sure you stay on time. That never was a problem for me too much because I have timing pretty easy comes to me. Sometimes I have to listen to try to hear the notes. Sometimes I have to listen try to hear anything just to tell you the truth. But to the timing of it comes easy to me. I don't have trouble. I know people cannot pat their foot to a song. They can't pat their foot to a song. I'll watch them sit there and try to pat their foot and everybody else is patting and they're just... I mean, they like they're trying to stomp a mouse or something or a bug. They can't seem to get their foot down the same time as the time and to save their lives. They just don't have any rhythm to them. I remember whenever I was a boy, we had a mostly white school. Almost all of us had just a couple of fellows there that were black. And one of them, my mother's directed a choir a chorus. And this one, a little boy in the chorus, man, he's dancing, buddy. He's all over the place. And he can't stay still. He's jiving. He's jumping. And finally, my mother says, Wiley, you stand still. He said, I can't help it, miss. Pies, i got the music in my bones. And there are some people who don't have any music in their bones. They don't have any rhythm to them. They don't know anything about this. But the reason why the tambourine and the these stringed instruments are played is not just for the tone. It is for the rhythm. It is to keep that rhythmic motion continuing through the song. And at the end, my friend, there is an organ. He says with a timbrel, with a, with a dance, and he said with the stringed instruments and with the organ. And some of y'all wondered how in the world you're supposed to keep time with an organ. But that's not what he had in mind. They didn't have an electrical cord to plug up to that. When he talks about the organ, this particular organ that he's talking about was very likely a mouth organ something you blow into, something very similar to a harmonica. Now you ought to be thinking rhythm, it's played with the rhythm of breath. And all of these are important for percussion, for beat, and for rhythm. Even the very speed and rhythm of our music should praise the Lord. Not too long ago, and this really wasn't now, this is not too long ago, the really bridge wasn't too long ago. <laughs> I had somebody send me something on the email, said you need to check this out preacher, you're just not going to believe it. I'm always afraid to check those out, but I knew the guy, and I sent it back, and I said, did you really send this, or is this some sort of thing when I click on it that the uh, ISIS is going to be my, at my front door within about 20 minutes to kidnap my children? I mean, I'm always afraid there's some sort of scam or something going on. And he said, no, no, it's, it's a link to a, to a music festival that's happening, and I said, you need to check it out and see what they're doing. It says, this will blow your mind. And so I clicked on the link, and it was a music festival. I didn't know it was supposed to be a Christian, Christian music festival. And it was a grunge festival, Christian grunge. For those of y'all that don't know what that is, count yourself in the number with me. Christian grunge, it's sort of like Christian beer, Christian adultery, Christian fornication, which means it does not exist. Christian grunge. It's this, it's this head-banging music. You know this stuff where they scream about the devil and sling their head back and forth, and all of them wears long hair, so you can sing their hair, see their hair go back and forth whenever they sling it around, because that's part of the music. And they stomp and they scream and they yell, and don't nobody have any tones to anything. And every single thing that they. I guess you call it sing I don't know exactly what you call it Or play or whatever Everything the quartet does And they don't call themselves a quartet Whatever the thing is They're surely not musical artists I can tell you that Them bunch of crazy people Everything they do is I mean it'll make you so nervous You could thread a sewing machine and it running I mean just And this guy screaming The devil Jesus The devil (laughs) And I mean it sounded like somebody was torturing him, poking him with needles or something, and somehow this is supposed to glorify the Lord. Somehow this is supposed to exhibit the Holy Ghost, but it does not have these, even the speed, the percussion, the rhythm of our music is to praise the Lord. Everybody hearing me tonight? Amen. And I don't preach on this stuff an awful lot, but I'll preach on it more than what I do, to truth be known, especially in our generation. Amen. And then he says, praise him with musical tones, with muck methodical rhythms in verse number 4 and with majestic sounds in verse number 5. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high sounding cymbals. Symbols. You've watched the march down the street the marching band and there's this guy that He can't play anything. Martin. But if He'll just pay attention to what He's doing at the right time psh, He can put them together. Psh, he can put them together. Psh, cymbals. You've seen the drum set set there with all the symbols on it. Now, I've heard people say oh, they ought to get that thing out of the church house. And yet if we do we're going to have to get Psalm 150 and 5 out of the Bible. I mean if we're going to curse that drum set we're going to have to curse Psalm 150 and verse 5. Praise Him on the high sounding symbols. Now just like those percussion instruments, just like those melodious tones, it ought to be played for the honor and for the glory of God. But the symbols are to be used to praise the Lord the high sounding symbols and the loud symbols; those are the two he mentions how like we would see on a drum set and be played in a marching band they're used with volume for emphasis and they're used in, ry- in rhythm for beauty and they can be played louder and higher to create a sensation of a rising emotion and all of these things are to be used to praise the Lord with majestic sounds where we ought to praise Him, why we ought to praise Him, how we ought to praise Him. And then in verse number 6, who ought to praise Him? Who ought to praise Him? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Everyone who is alive, more specifically, all of you out there that are breathing, you're supposed to praise the Lord. I remember when I was a kid, one of my favorite songs the singing Americans would sing was about this fellow who got up in the morning. He saw the birds out there on the, on the bird's nest, and that robin was singing and praising the Lord. I remember riding down the road with my uncle Ricky listening to that song. He said, that's a stupid song. I said, who knows, that bird might have got up and been mad and been fussing at his wife. We don't know what he was saying. Fact of the matter is, we do. The morning song to the bird as he begins to sing. Glorifies the Lord. The Bible tells us so. And everything that has breath. If you can breathe in and breathe out. You ought to praise the Lord. Somebody said, why did he pick that particular phrase? Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Well, it's probably a bunch of reasons. One of them is, if you run out of anything else to praise him for. So long as you can still breathe in and breathe out. You got something to praise him for. Amen. 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 Everything ain't the way I want it to be. But John's already taught a whole Sunday school lesson to you. And Brother Bob, these Sunday school teachers already talked about that today. Things are not always the way I want them to be. Are you still breathing in and breathing out? If so, you are a qualified candidate to praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Well... I want us to stand and sing Amazing Grace. Sister Jane, if you would please come play for us. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The other night I woke up in the middle of the night, I was dreaming. And I have some weird dreams sometimes. I mean, the other night I was trying to straighten some people out and I woke up so frustrated I just wanted to chew somebody out and there wasn't nobody even there. I, I was staying away from home that night. And there wasn't nobody even there to straighten out. Sonia wasn't even there for me to wake her up and try to tell her how wrong she was while she was asleep because she wasn't even there. Nobody was there. I couldn't wake anybody up and straighten them out. But I had a dream the other night that was a lot better. I had a dream that I was at church and I was singing Amazing Grace. And I woke up laying in the bed, both my hands raised all the way up, singing out loud, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. And I got so excited about it I couldn't hardly go back to sleep. I praise the Lord that I'm saved by His amazing grace. Everybody stand with us. Let's get a book if you need one and sing page 57. Come on around, Brother John. Lead us as we sing together. Page 57, amazing grace. Amazing grace.